You know, if you haven't checked out What Chaos yet, you oughta, because we've had all your favorite players on the show. I'm talking Seth Jones, Lena Solmar, Connor Bedard, whoever it may be. We're live every day on YouTube at noon Eastern, but also available on all podcast platforms, including the one you're listening to right now. We got guests, and yeah, we're also doing a bit of chit-chat, goofing around, laughing at what makes us laugh in hockey. So regardless of how deep you are into your hockey fandom, Come listen to What Chaos. We'll talk about your favorite team. We'll talk about your least favorite team and everybody in between. And we're having a ton of fun doing it every single day, Monday through Thursday. It's What Chaos, presented by All City Network. All right, welcome in Wednesday again, Megan. <laughs> and that means Jesse and Megan. Uh, and we have a very special guest kicking off today's show. Uh, the the new Eagles head coach, the newest head coach, I guess I don't know the most appropriate way to uh, uh, say it. Colorado Eagles head coach Aaron Schneekloth will be joining us here uh, momentarily to talk about uh, his new gig. Uh, you know, we may even ask a little bit about the the hire of Steve Connawalchuk and just get into a bit about the Eagles and, and a little bit of a new look for them this year. Uh, and then we're, we are going to talk about the Eagles a bit today. But I guess, Megan, how are you doing this this afternoon, morning? I'm doing really well. How are you doing? I'm doing great, thanks. It's really nice out right now. I think it's... I, see, the look on your face. You already know. You already know. It's going to get It's going to get bad, I think, <laughs> I'm here. I'm looking at the weather right in the after, Are you... <laughs> Are you like me? Are you living on the radar? Has anybody been doing this? Like I, they have the, in the Weather Channel app, you can now get live satellite radar of the weather. Oh, no, but my phone's been good about sending me updates when it's about to rain in like the next 15 minutes. <laughs> and hey, get inside now. Right, yeah. and it's rain. But <laughs> it is upsetting still. Yeah. No, but I, uh, I have. I've been living on that, on that satellite radar. Um, so, again, nice weather right now. But let's talk a little bit about um, Aaron Sheencloth. You got to know him a bit last year. You were kind of ahead of this. Uh, AJR actually also wrote a piece about it before uh, Greg Cronin was officially hired by the Anaheim Ducks. Uh, and then it was a little bit of a gap in between that and Sheencloth officially getting the promotion. Uh, but just what were kind of your initial thoughts, impressions when the official announcement was made? No shock whatsoever because he's such a natural fit to be the head coach for the Colorado Eagles. He's been so deeply embedded in the Eagles starting from the time when he was a player. Yeah. And so he's grown with the Eagles as they've become now an American League team as player, coach, now the opportunity to be a head coach. And at least at the coaching level specifically, there was early on success that he had a hand in in bringing them to back-to-back -back championships mm -hmm. at the East Coast level. And so I think it was... Interesting to see the path that he followed. Learning from Cronin was probably something I'm especially interested to hear about yeah. because there are unique qualities that he has that makes him apt to be the coach of the Eagles. But I'm sure, too, in his time working with Cronin and the entire staff that's up there, he's especially primed for this position. He knows what culture is yeah. for Colorado Avalanche specifically because he has been embedded in it for so long. He has a working relationship with the people who are overseeing this whole thing mm -hmm. with McFarland and the latest hire, McDonald. And so I don't think there's going to be much transition period in terms of the vision for what the Eagles need to be next year. And I think that's really important for them because he, he knows exactly what direction they want this entire organization to go. And I'm excited to see what he does next and how he plans to get them there even closer. Well, I mean, you, you, you really kind of just kept touching back on it. And, and I think it's an important point about the familiarity with the organization. Cause that is something that I feel is preached so much, even at the NHL level, you know, and then we've heard Jared Bednar in past talk about how he and Greg Cronin work so closely. And I'm sure that means, you know, the coaching staffs in general, but again, this is not to take anything away from, from Schneekloth and what he's done and what he's accomplished as a coach, you know, and within the Eagles organization. But it really did just seem like such a natural fit. You get it. You understand. You've been here. It really would have been, I don't necessarily know what the right word, to, to pass on Aaron Schneekloth in this situation and bring in someone externally wouldn't have felt right, given everything that you just kind of laid out in terms of what he's done and what he's experienced with the organization. And Cronin described how closely everyone worked together, Branham, Schneekloth, Budai to a different extent, mm -hmm. and then the development staff too in working with 
the prospects specifically, but honestly, the entirety of the organization being focused on growth and teaching. And that's a lot of Cronin that's influenced there. But make no mistake that Schneekloth plays a role in that, especially in it would have been a mistake to pass on him because he has had a hand in the development of young and old defensemen that have come through Colorado. Mm. And the growth in their games has been so observable that whatever happened next for Schneekloth, if not for the head coaching position, I imagine he was not long for a promotion somewhere. Mm-hmm. And that's why I'm excited for him to have the opportunity to put his name alongside any of the accomplishments moving forward. He will get full credit for that and full creative license too right. to do with what he pleases, how he wants to shape this team. Well, and there's so much talk about de- development and, and things like that within the Avalanche organization, right? Like they've gotten beat over the head pretty good by the fan base in the last few years about not being able to develop talent. And while I think that has gotten so much better in terms of players on the ice, I actually think we've maybe glossed over and I know coaches aren't executives, but how much internal promotion there has been in that area over the last couple of years for the Avs in major key positions. Uh, you know, uh, obviously Chris McFarland, now Aaron Schneekloth. And they've they've really liked to keep the band together. And again, I think that translates to what you're seeing on the ice relative to what you're talking about in terms of player development, player growth, and then just culture. I, I'm sure this is something that we are going to hear from Schneekloth a lot. Culture, culture, culture. Jared Bednar talks about it. Greg Cronin talked about it. And it's about having that consistent feel from the American League level through to the NHL level. And that when you're going from one to the other, there's no surprises. You know what to expect. You know what is expected of you. Uh, You know what role you're supposed to play. And again, I just think it's interesting how translatable that is to also the coach and the executive side of it where, hey, Aaron Sheencloth, you know what to expect as an AHL head coach because you've been here. You've been in the meetings. You've seen what it takes. You've talked to Greg Cronin. You've talked to Jared Bednar. This makes sense. Like you said, he he would have gotten a promotion elsewhere. And that seems to be a recurring theme with, uh, you know, coaches, management within the Avalanche organization. If we don't promote these guys, someone else will and we're going to lose them. And so, again, you said it's, it would have been a mistake to pass an Aaron Schneekloth. And I, I obviously he's now got to go out and, and put right. the results on the ice and all of that. But I, I'm with you. I think it would have been a mistake to let someone else take a run at, at someone that you've invested time and money and development into. I only laughed because of each offseason, the number of players that seem to be scooped by an organization like the year before last Milwaukee Admirals targeted players. Now it was the L.A. Kings taking players. But it points to and honestly, even Anaheim watching the waiver wire so closely and getting Megna (laughs) at that one point in time when no one was expecting it. Teams are watching. Teams are watching the Colorado Eagles because they are affiliated with the Colorado Avalanche and they are a recent Stanley Cup championship team. There are a lot of eyes on Colorado as an organization, and so that is why it is important that Schneekloth get this promotion. I mean, again, another great point. There's a lot of eyes on the organization. People are saying, these guys are doing something right. We want to emulate that, so let's pull as many people out of there as we can. Again, going back to the example of Chris McFarland, the Avs had to deny a couple teams the opportunity to interview him, and when you saw that they weren't providing that permission, it was a pretty good tell that they were going to be promoting him, but... Again, just an example of, hey, you've been working under Joe Sackick. Every move that you guys are making is turning to gold. We want some of that. I'd have to imagine there's some of that going on with the Eagles. Because again, for as much of a hard time as the Avs have gotten in recent years about not being able to develop players, they have had several very successful AHL seasons. You've had a bunch of players that have you know turned into NHLers, been legitimate call-ups, like you said, waiver wire pickups elsewhere. Um, I, I, I think you and I have been pounding the drum a bit of, I don't think people are quite giving the Avalanche organization, specifically the Eagles, enough credit for what they are doing with prospects and American League players and stuff at that level. And it's because of the prospect conversation that stresses people out, but we can dive into that a little <laughs> bit later. Yeah, uh, no, absolutely. And, and uh, again, it's it's just, it's interesting to see the way that not only the Avs are functioning, but the way that other teams, other organizations see how they function. Absolutely. Uh, and, and are wanting to emulate that. And so... Um, Got to make sure you're taking care of your people within the organization. Absolutely. All right. And now we are joined by the Colorado Eagles head coach, newly announced Aaron Schneekloth. Uh, Coach, first of all, thank you so much for taking the time out. And I guess just what has these uh, these last few weeks been like kind of getting settled into your new chair there? Yeah, it's uh, to be honest, it's been pretty busy. We've we've had to make some new hires, obviously, 
Uh, it was announced yesterday. Steve Connor Walchuk is going to yeah. join the staff. He's going to be a huge asset to this organization. Um, we've we've hired a new video coach and uh, recently just hired a new uh, head athletic trainer. So a new staff and just uh, uh, communicating with them as much as possible about uh, the upcoming season. How much do you, you know, when you move into a new role like this, how much do you coach, you know, be in contact with guys like Jared Bednar, Joe Sackick, C-Mac at the NHL level? And because uh, I know Jared has talked to us a bunch about his relationship with Greg Cronin and how often they're kind of communicating. Have you started any of that, uh, you know, in, in these last couple of weeks? Or are you just trying to get settled at, at the AHL level right now? Oh, yeah. Re- recently, I'm just getting settled over here up in uh northern colorado but have you know daily communications with kevin mcdonald our gm mm. um you know have spoken with with chris and jared and and that'll intensify as we get closer to the season yeah you mentioned a new video coach i was just curious cronin used to talk all the time about petro and how closely he worked helping with video and that came in clutch last year and bringing on some of the PTO players when it was absolutely necessary. Is that someone that's going to work alongside Petro into next season? Yeah, so so Steven has stepped away from the organization. He's going to uh, go back to school, uh, take a master's program. So we've hired someone to replace uh, Steven. Obviously, he's got huge shoes to fill with the amount of work that Petro's done for this organization the last five years. Uh, that I've been working with them. So uh, we've got a, a new video coach that's going to take on a bunch of those responsibilities and uh, try and fill that void as best as possible. Go. Tell me a little bit about your approach to coaching. How do you want to lead the Eagles? Well, I mean, uh, obviously it was extremely beneficial working with Greg the last five years and, uh, you know, to, to be uh, given responsibility by him that, uh, you know, with his experience at every level, and uh, he's been doing this such a long time. I've taken a lot from Greg, but uh, first and foremost, I'm going to be myself. I'm going to be honest and upfront with the players, and and we're going to continue to play with the identity that uh, this team has played with, not only the last five years, but since I've been a part of this organization. You know, you you, you mentioned Greg, and 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 you know, we were talking about Chris McFarland a minute ago, and and now yourself. We've seen a lot of, uh, you know, uh, uh, folks within the Avalanche organization get promotions or, 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 you know, be tapped by other teams. What do you think it is about this organization right now that so many other groups are looking at and saying, we want to emulate that and, and, you know, are looking to you guys as, as kind of the example? And, uh, you know, the Avs are kind of in a situation where, you know, we need to either promote or we're going to lose some of these guys because, you know, whether it be yourself, Chris McFarland, Greg Cronin, if, if we don't promote and keep our own guys, someone else is going to. Well, I think a lot of that attributes to the success the organization has had um, the last five years, obviously, with the Avalanche winning the Stanley Cup and then uh, the outstanding job that Greg has done here with the Eagles once they transition to the American Hockey League. Um, it says a lot about, you know, how hard this organization, the people in it work. And uh, I think it's uh, outstanding that people are getting recognized and getting opportunities to move up. Tell me about what it meant to you. You've been deeply embedded in this organization, years behind the bench, and then you're spent in an Eagles jersey yourself. What did this opportunity mean to you specifically earning it within this organization? Well, I, I mean, that's all, that was obviously the goal. Um, you know, when I transitioned from playing to coaching, I spent some, t- you know, three years as an assistant and was able to take over as a head coach for two years and, and had a lot of success in the ECHL level. And then obviously the transition to the American League, being able to learn and grow under Greg. Um, this opportunity came along and I had, uh, you know, Greg's blessing to take over. He thought I was the right person for the job and and obviously very thankful to the Avalanche uh, management staff to giving me this opportunity. I've, I've invested a lot of uh, time in this organization so i've got a lot of pride here and uh this is this is home for my family so to be able to step into this position and not have to move my family is uh obviously a huge blessing 
it's something that people forget a lot that how you know how much it affects on the human side and families and things like that it's, it's, it's a great point coach you know you you mentioned a minute ago that that you, you've taken a lot from greg cronin and, and i know megan got to know him a bit last year and i talked to him a handful of times what, what would you say is maybe the one biggest takeaway that you had just from your time with 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 uh coach cronin well there there's so many i mean one his uh preparation and attention to detail on a daily basis he's always um He's always working to make the players better every single day. Um, so that's that's one thing. Like his work ethic is off the charts. And uh, I, I'm just extremely proud and excited that he's getting the opportunity at the NHL level to lead a club up there. Um, he, he's definitely earned it uh, with his hard work. And obviously the time he's spent at every position uh, leading up to this point. Um so that's that's obviously one uh, I, I learned a lot from him on the player development side, um, you know, having his individual meetings and team meetings about how he really dug into uh, the personal side of the player to build some trust with them. So um, I, I've taken so much from Greg. I, I owe him uh, a, a lot of uh, my growth here as a coach. And uh, obviously there's other people I can put in that category too, but working side by side with Greg the last five years and, and earning his trust. And, um, obviously as the years went on, he, he had given me a lot of responsibility that, uh, that, uh, I feel has made me ready for this position. Now, I, I want to go back a little bit because you mentioned there off the top the, the announcement yesterday of, of bringing on Steve Conowalchuk. Uh, obviously, you know, he, he played for the Abs for, for a couple of years, but what is bringing in a, a, a guy like that to the organization? Obviously, aside from what he's going to do in terms of coaching, be on the bench, stuff like that, what does he bring to the organization that, that you guys are excited about? Well, one, I think what we were really looking for is um, someone who can really dive into the development of our young forward group. And obviously, you know, he's just shy of 800 games played in the National Hockey League. Um, he's been an assistant coach in the NHL, head coach in the Western Hockey League, a scout in the NHL. So he's got a broad range of skills that he's um, taken on after his playing career. And so he's going to step in. He's going to work. Uh, with our forward group and with our power play. Um, so his experience alone is really going to help these young prospects um, hit their potential. The power play was something you previously worked on, and you also worked really closely with the defensemen. What does that look like moving forward? Will you still have some of that hands-on, one-on-one with the players? Will someone like Brandon step into that role a little bit more? Yeah, Tim will, Tim will step into that role and, and he'll he'll run and work with the defensemen and the pen, and continue with the penalty kill. Obviously, um, I'm going to be in a position to, to oversee both uh, working with the, the defense and the forwards and we'll collaborate on both specialty teams. And and so that's what I'm really looking forward to is working with these two um, colleagues and 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 friends and uh, and and really try to continue to add the growth that that we've established here the last five years we've got a really strong foundation with our development plan and now we're we're just looking to add on um you know in, in every area and department for the players give them all the resources they 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 can handle to from our strength and conditioning coach um to our equipment managers to our athletic trainers to our video staff, just give them every resource possible so they can continue to, to grow and develop and, and have that uh, seamless transition for call-ups. And then hopefully a few of them can, can go on and be full-time NHL players. You mentioned colleagues and friends a second ago, and a sentiment that Cronin talked about a lot is community. He talked about you and Branham specifically being integral to the community that's established there in Loveland. And I was curious from your perspective, how you feel about the culture that's been built with the Eagles. Yeah, I mean, I, mean, I, I mentioned it earlier, like when I came in as a player and transitioned to a coach where I went from the you know Central Hockey League to the ECHL over to the American Hockey League. And that's one thing that's kind of always stayed um, status quo is the culture we've had, our investment in the community, um, the, the tightness of the bond of our players and our staff. I think it's extremely important um, in terms of building a successful organization, a successful team on the ice. Um, so there's no question like we're going to continue to build on that. We're not going to lose track of, of 
who we are and 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 how we're perceived and our impact in the community here um i think it goes a long ways the uh the Colorado eagles given the award uh at the end of last season for the best fan experience we've talked to several call-ups uh you know guys that have come in from other organizations or, or what have you that have said that the budweiser event center is without a doubt the best building uh to play in in the american hockey league just what can you say about the the, the fans and just the fan base that's up there yeah well one i've been spoiled i've i've been a part of it for so long it just feels natural and normal to me yeah um but still you know it get those goosebumps on those specialty nights you know the, the pot of gold the military night the production that uh ryan bach and his staff put on yeah um the work they put in to make sure this building is full is is incredible and we've got you know knowledgeable passionate fans um that continue to support this team year after year after year. It was uh, our 20th anniversary last season. We had a we had a season ticket holder party, and it was incredible the amount of fans that have been season ticket holders since day one. Um, it just shows how much this hockey club and this organization means to Northern Colorado, and uh, we're just fortunate to be able to play in front of these uh, these fans every single night. How do you feel about how the team has come together this offseason? A lot of new pieces, obviously some departures as well, not only in personnel, but in players as well. What is your expectation for the upcoming season? Well, it's going to be a little bit of a, a learning curve at the start of the season, you know, get get our new players on board. Um, you know, it was great to see that we had, you know, five guys join us at the end of last season. So they've got a good understanding of how things are done here and what the league is about. New players we have coming in are experienced guys. Uh, you've got to, one, you've got, you've got to accept the fact that that happens in the American Hockey League. There's a lot of movement year after year. Guys are earning contracts and getting different opportunities. And um, ultimately, your goal is to, to help these players develop and, and give them a chance to play in the National Hockey League. Um, and, and, but they're going to step into the Eagles locker room and understand that there's a standard here. There's an expectation here uh, of how we want to play, how we're going to compete um, for us to be successful and for them to be successful. Uh, Coach, you, you've been very generous with your time, so we're not going to keep much longer. So I got one more for you, you know, kind of relative to all of that. There were so many injuries at the NHL level last year, and that had such a big trickle-down effect on you guys at the AHL level, uh, you know, having to call players up, send players back down, you know, all kinds of different stuff. One, how difficult was that for you guys last year? And two, how much are you looking forward to and hoping for a little bit more of just kind of a, a regular season here? Yeah, well, it was, it was difficult at times, but it was, uh, it was a great test and... Obviously, um, you know, management did an excellent job of, of giving us players when that situation happened and they were able to step in and, and play in different opportunities that catapulted their career. Like you look at a player like Cedric Paré who came in mm -hmm. from the ECHL, earned himself a contract uh, last year and this upcoming season, played a huge role on our team and, and earned himself – um, a chance to get in the spotlight and take on a bigger role this season. So um, those situations aren't ideal. Uh, we, I think we did a really good job making the most of it, got, got a lot out of our players. And, and like I said, they all got opportunities to potentially play in situations and, and, and roles that they wouldn't have in the past. Um, so it was a great season for all of us to learn about uh, who we are, who we were as coaches and, who these players were and how we could get the best out of them. So it's definitely, it was difficult, but something we were very proud of uh, going through that and being able to have the success we did. Coach, uh, really, thank you so much. And, and we were talking, uh, you know, before you jumped on that, that we always love to see people get opportunities w w when they're deserving. So uh, thank you so much. And again, congratulations on, uh, on the new, on the new uh, position here. Thank you, coach. I appreciate it. Yeah, I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Of course. Anytime. Thanks coach. You bet. All right. Eagles head coach Aaron Schneecloth. I'm so excited for hockey season. <laughs> that got me very energized. No, I know. For, uh, for real, it was, it was exciting to hear him 
get into all that. And we're going to get into a lot of what he said, but I do want to remind you guys uh, that we are brought to you guys by Circa Sports, Circa Resort, Hotel, because they're pretty much in every they're category. a lot of things. Circa's a lot of different <laughs> things, right? They are all, they're mostly uh, Vegas' first ever adults-only casino resort, uh, and they have the world's largest sports book. I went, I've been to what was previously the largest sports book in Vegas, and it's like not even close to what they've got going on at Circa. Um, a three-story stadium-style sports book uh, takes ten people to operate a seventy-eight million pixel screen. Uh, we've done a couple events out there recently uh, for DNVR, and they've all looked awesome. We haven't had the chance to go out there yet, uh, but they've all looked great. Um, I mean, the sports book, the pool, uh, stadium swim is what it's called. Four thousand person capacity. A 143 by 40 foot LED screen. It's open 365 days a year. Six pools, two spas, 15,000 square feet of wet space. Uh, and, and really, it's just an, it's an unbelievable resort. Um, like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm jealous. We haven't been able to get out there yet. <laughs> uh, but, you know, hopefully we'll get some opportunities to. It looks great. It looks I, I've been hearing about it for years. I was super excited when they were announced as a partner because I remember when they opened I think two years ago, you know, still a new resort. Uh, there was so much hype around it that that the pool area is just like if you're a sports fan going to Vegas on vacation, like that's that's the dream is the pool setup that they've got there uh, at Circa. If you're heading out to Vegas for Broncos and Raiders, Abs versus Knights, Pac-12, Mountain West alumni, book your stay with code DNVR20. You're going to get 20% off your stay at Circa Sports. Uh, resort, hotel, casino, uh, and download the Circa Sports app at circasports.com. Uh, Circa Sports bets can only be made while physically located in the state of Colorado. Must be 21 or older. All rights reserved. Uh, Circa Sports Colorado encourages you to gamble responsibly. And of course, if you have a gambling problem, call or text 1-800-GAMBLER or visit problemgamblingcolorado.com. Org. Also brought to you guys by Legal Pete's, our great friends just right down the street with locations in Colorado and Arizona, including one, what, two blocks from here? I, I, it's so I close. I do this read every week, and I've never actually, like, officially checked how many blocks away it is. It I might think be it's, two. I think it's two, two and a half blocks right. uh, just down the street. The best happy hour in town, going all the way till 8 o'clock. Look, we had the Women's World Cup going on. Uh, this week, I believe Team USA plays tonight. So on your way down to the DNVR bar, stop down at Illegal Pete's, grab a margarita. They got great margaritas. Grab a little bit of chips, some salsa, stay for their happy hour. Then come on down here, cheer on the women's uh, you know, US team. And then go right back to Illegal Pete's because they are open late. Burritos, uh, bowls, fajita, uh, fajitas, oh my gosh. Quesadillas. I mean, I guess I'm sure they, they, do, fajita they do have fajita veggies. Yeah, they've got it all. Uh, really, like I said, Illegal Pete's in Colorado and Arizona. If you're coming down to the DNVR bar, it is a must stop. We always get questions. Hey, I'm coming to Colorado. What should I do? Make time to, to get some lunch down at Illegal Pete's. Get in on there. Great happy hour. Uh, also brought to you guys by Breckenridge Brewery, the official beer of DNVR. Uh, we have beers on tap downstairs. We got you know, Palisade Peach, Strawberry Sky. It is summer. We were all sad talking right before about how <laughs> summer is winding down. But it is still nice weather out. Uh, get out onto the patio, get a Palisade Peach, Strawberry Sky, a Mountain Beach. Those are some of my favorite lighter, crisper ones uh, for the summer. But they are available now in all 50 of the United States. Use the Breck Beer Locator at breckbrew.com to find where they're being sold nearest you. Or again, if you're coming down to the DNVR bar, we have tons of them on tap here. Uh, they also have the farmhouse, not far from the DNVR bar. Uh, I know they've got stuff going on for the Women's World Cup as well. Great outdoor area. It's where we did our uh, Stanley Cup party last summer. Uh, so if you've been there before, you know it's a great venue. They have a, a spot up front where you can buy all their beers, try them all on tap, all of that. Uh, it's great. So breckbrew.com, use the Breck Beer Locator. Or if you're here locally or you're stopping in town, stop down at the farmhouse uh, or get one of their beers while you are here at the DNVR bar. We've got them on tap. Megan, I'm not going to lie to you. That was not going to be my last question. My last question was going to be your last question. So I had to scramble because I want to know what the expectations were for this Eagles team. Because ah. <laughs> I remember when they were moving from the ECHL to the AHL, we were all worried because Eagles fans have gone a long time without seeing playoff hockey. They were a perennial playoff team in the ECHL. We were worried that stepping to the American League, the ABS AHL teams hadn't been great. But as Schneekloth alluded to, they have built 
something really great here in five years, haven't missed the playoffs yet. Uh, what did you kind of take of, you know, what he talked about there? And he kind of danced around giving hard expectations on we want to do this, want to do that. Focus so much on we want to make sure we have players ready for the NHL. Well, and I don't blame him for not nailing down the expectation because he went into pretty generous detail about some of the changes that mm -hmm. are going to be happening for the Eagles. And with those changes becomes a little bit of unpredictability. Totally. But I think in the best way, because the fundamentals that have brought them the success are still in place. The, the core parts, the tenets of community that he echoed in the interview, some of the staff too, that has been a part of what's being built in Loveland. And then obviously the lessons learned from working alongside someone like Cronin are all still there. So those constants are good. Mm -hmm. But with some of the changes that are being brought about, I think the expectation is fairly higher but with the learning curve that he alluded to, because I think there is going to be quite a transition period for a lot of different reasons. There's going to be a little bit of a new look on special teams, particularly with the power play. There's going to be a different look too in what the forward group honestly even looks different on paper. Because yeah. I think in the past they've targeted players that are just prolific at the American League level. It's like the Kiefer Sherwoods and the Dylan Sakuras. I actually think the look that they targeted in this offseason has struck a lot more balance. And I mm -hmm. think that this is where when we see players like Shane Bowers or Oscar Lawson get buried on the third or fourth line at times, there's always panic. Sam Poranta being a part of that as well. But now I feel a little bit more comfort that the forward group is going to be more balanced. And so this is one change that's brought about. There's obviously a new head coach. There's a new video coach on the way. I think this is all going to bring about growth and forward movement. Not that I think things were getting stagnant by any means, because year by year, the team improved. Even last year, when they had 53 different players rotating in and out of the lineup, they still finished almost exactly like wins percentage, yep. place in the standings, exactly as they had the year before. And so in recognizing the context of how difficult last season was, that's quite an accomplishment. So I feel like they're trending in the direction of improvement, but I I have some faith that it's going to break upwards even more than we've seen before. Well, so I want to go back to what you were just saying, because we talked about that with the Avs last year, that what they did was really impressive, given the injuries and the different players in and out of the lineup. Division. To win their division right. was very impressive. And I, I think you can say the same thing for the Eagles. Obviously, they didn't win their division and, and any of that, but finishing almost identically to where they were before, given how much calling up, sending down ECHL players coming up, oh, we just lost this guy. They, they are called up the apps for long stretches, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. For them to finish where they were, I, I think is really impressive. And I think that was another reason why I feel like it was so important to keep that level of familiarity by promoting Schneekloth yes. to that head coach role because... We're, to your point, we're clearly on the right track here. There's clearly an upward trajectory. If we can get a season where, just like the apps, if our if our players can just play, right. we feel really good about where we're at. And it, I think he alluded to that. It can only go up from last year right. by comparison. <laughs> and there's a lot of changes on the way in addition to some of the important constants, like you mentioned, in sticking with Schneekloth, who has been with the organization, having Branham still there. And I'm excited too, McDonald, it'll be now his second season overseeing the Eagles. And everyone, Chris McFarland, Kevin McDonald, relatively newly in their roles, had to manage incredibly difficult seasons because right. of all of these injuries. And so I'm excited to see, even from the front office level, what next year looks like if they are a bit more fortunate with health. Well, and... and <clears throat> the one that isn't a constant that that is a new face was maybe the first thing that he brought up and you can yeah. tell he was a bit excited to talk about it was the the hire of Steve Conowalchuk uh you know when when I asked him about it immediately went into you know his credentials almost 800 games head coach here assistant coach here has been a scout here uh these are the types of guys that when you do need to make changes which promoting Schneekloth left a, a, a vacancy you can't just simply bump everybody up these are the types of hires that I think do get you excited like Steve Connor Walchuk again, he, his stint with the Avs was pretty limited, but uh, again, 800, almost 800 games in the NHL, tons of coaching experience, tons of NHL, you know, executive scout, uh, behind the bench experience. I, I think this was an ad that he seemed excited about. 
I'm excited about it, too, from the player development standpoint because of his familiarity with Major Junior. Totally. There's going to be, oh, obviously, point, some adjustment to the pro level, but there is now a familiarity with players that are at this stage of their development. The communication. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Communicating with young players has become essential in today's coach, especially Absolutely. an American League coach where you are dealing with young players freshly into the professional league. There's an adjustment period and there's an effective communication style that is necessary. And I think that's why he's going to be such a great addition. And truthfully, I look at his identity as a player and think that it's going to add a little bit of an edge too Mm -hmm. in how he wants his forward group to play, especially since that's going to be where he's working kind of closely. I think that was something I don't want to say was lacking. I actually think too in the teams that watch the Colorado Eagles and pick players from them, A quality I've heard from other organizations is that there is some level of physicality that the Eagles have played with as part of their identity. And I think they're going to lean into that a little bit more. I think that goal scoring is still going to be important, but there's going to be lots of opportunities for a player like Oscar Lawson, who is in dire need of a good year to break through and be the guy that they can look to to provide goal scoring. Right now, there's really no other excuse for it if it's not him. Well, and and, and to your point of, you know, what Connor Walshuk can maybe bring in terms of a, a bit of an edginess and, you know, kind of. Helping some, I, I think Olausen's a good example of like, kind of what we saw with Rantanen last year. You can play with your size yes. without running guys through the glass. A hundred percent. And and maybe Steve kind of Walchuk can help you know pass some of that along. But uh, I, I really I, I like I like that point that he's not just more of the same. And, and not that having more of the same is a bad thing or anything like that. Not saying that you know keeping this name in Schneekoth is bad, but like. It's nice to have a little bit of an edge, a little bit of a wrinkle to what you're doing. And then just going back to what you're talking about with the communication uh, you know, element of that, how many times have you and I talked about that in just the last 18 months, Megan, about Jared Bednar yes. and how his ability to communicate with all different types of players at different stages is part of the reason why he's such an effective head coach. How Greg Cronin had to readjust his coaching style right. to be able to communicate and break through to players better you know, at a younger age, at a different stage in their development. And I think you're 100% spot on when you say bringing in a guy like Steve Konowalczyk, who doesn't just have all the accolades at the pro level, but has been coaching at the WHL level for the last couple of years. Having that ability to communicate with players who are developing, I think is huge. It's a great call out. And actually, something you said a second ago triggered a different thought. But in talking about the prospects and getting them NHL ready, what realistically is a role in the NHL for a John Luke Foodie or an mm-hmm. Oscar Lawson presently, even previously, Sample Ranta? It's a depth role, and they need to be a bit of a role player. And when they're on the Eagles, if you're looking for them to be the AHL leading goal scorers, they are in a top six role. They are maybe not tending to the blue-collar things that they need to do as a depth player that they're right. going to be required to do at the NHL level I think Especially that's where a, system. a new hire like Kanawalchuk actually comes in clutch, especially to to maybe help players lean into that part of the game that's going to be demanded of them at the NHL level. Mm-hmm. This is true of Oscar Lawson. Like he is going to have to be physical and willing to do the blue collar things because he is going to start out as more of a, a depth role. Obviously, you want to see middle six potential in a foodie or in a Lawson, generally speaking. But before they're even given the trust and the opportunity to do that. They have to demonstrate an aptitude as a third, fourth line guy. Yep. And I think that's where they're going to be taught these habits even more so. And someone like Connor Walchuk can probably help them a lot with that. Man, I, I know I know there's a lot of fans and, and I've even argued with AJ and Rudo and, 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 and you know about this kind of stuff. But I think what you just said is is important for a player's development. People forget Nathan McKinnon spent time on a third line at the very beginning of, the, of his rookie season. You know, Miko Rantanen played in the, a, the AHL, and, and there's kind of a running joke about who his original NHL line mates were. I, I think that's something that if you're getting called up, unless, I mean, uh, unless that's your true identity, right? Or you're, I'm, and I'm even trying to think of an example uh, of, you know, where that would be the case. If, 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 if you the NHL had some kind of rules where like Connor Bedard had to start in the American league or something like that. Yeah. That's probably a little bit different because you're projecting him to be a, you know, first lines. Right. But for guys like, you know, JL foodie, Oscar Lawson, you know, obviously Sam Paranta is back in Europe this year, but you know, players like that, 
I really do think that is a real part of the Avs development plan is perfect. You, you mastered the AHL level. Now, can you come, you know, bump and grind and, and, and yeah. play in front of the net and play heavy along the wall? We want to see that you have that element to your game because especially in a Jared Bednar system, that's what's expected of everybody. Again, a lot of people the year the Avs won the Cup talked about, oh, Nathan McKinnon wasn't the same dominant McKinnon that he always was. But when you talk to Nate, he said, I think that was my best playoffs ever because he played all 200 feet. He played heavy along the wall. He wasn't afraid to get to the front of the net. He wasn't afraid to be physical in front of his own net, get out, block shots. And those are all just little things that you need to make sure that players that are getting that promotion are not only able to do, but are willing to do. Yes. And, and having a guy like Connor Walchuk coming in and maybe preaching some level of that at the American League level, saying, when you get to the NHL, this is what Jared's going to want you to do. I, I, yeah, I know, Foodie, you've got great hands. I know you're fast and, and you're really exciting. You've got to be able to do these little things in case you're called upon to do that. Right. You were this guy in juniors, but if you want to be in the NHL one day, you have to be this guy here. Right, right. And it's a sentiment that I think is echoed throughout the entirety of the Eagle staff moving forward. And even looking at recent history and players that the organization has targeted, down to an Anton Bleed type, but now recently an Andre Pavel, there is something specific that they are looking for in their players. And it comes down to who we've seen get the most opportunity and the most trust under Bednar's system has been players that are allowed every shift that he feels at least are going to make a physical impact shift by shift at the very least if they can't provide production. And that's going to be an interesting transition because obviously we want the young guys with skills like Foodie to score. We want the young guys like skill with skill, like a Ben Myers who scored in college without Mm -hmm. an issue. We want them to score at the next level, but there are other things that keep them responsible and accountable that they have to do first before they're even given minutes. You have to find a way to be impactful without being on the score sheet. And I think that's something that the Avs try to stay away from one dimensional guys. You only notice them if they're making, you know, if they're, if they're putting up points and not to find no reason to bury the guy. But I think of a guy like Martin Kelt. his games where people thought he stood out were, oh, he had a goal and an assist. Oh, he had an assist and he was good on the power play. And then games where he didn't show up on the score sheet, I feel like you didn't even notice him in the game. And that was at least always my issue with Martin Kaut was he has to score to be noticeable. And I, I think that's not what the abs are looking for. And I think, you know, not to stray too far from the original point, having a guy like Schneekloth partnered with a guy like Steve Conowalchuk, I think does that. Uh, Megan, before we move on, I want you to give me just kind of off the top of your head, three to five guys that you would think are you look for these guys to be the first round of call-ups. Interesting. I've got three off the top of my head that I'm positive are your three too, but I just kind of want to know if you have anybody else or if it really is kind of three. And if we're going beyond that, oof, we're in trouble. This is this feels like a cop-out because I wanted to do something fun with maybe some of the new pieces, but it is not really new. Mm-hmm. It's Anunen, Foodie, and Malinsky. You don't have a Lawson in there? Not in my top three. Uh, yeah. No, if, I, if I branch out beyond if you go that. To, so if you go to five, what about if you go to five? Oh, five, yes. Um, I definitely have a Lawson in there. Yeah. And then my fifth. Is there a fifth that, that you can say like? Not with that much certainty. certainty because yeah. they gave a Lawson his debut, I feel confident he will get I'm with called you. I'm up. With you. And honestly, I think they're, he, he benefited or was harmed by the misfortune of last year too. So totally. I'm excited to see him get another chance at things. But yeah, that's my, my top four. Fifth, I do believe there could be a fifth. Mm-hmm. I just, it's it's in between a couple players. Um, honestly, I don't want to forget that Fair Brother is a new piece totally. from the New Hook trade that yep. is just a relatively unknown. Hopefully there isn't something going grievously wrong with the Avs defense that requires <laughs> any of this because similar thing with Keaton Middleton, he's so similar to England, I could see them looking to him as that guy, but that means something's gone wrong. So not loving that. Depends on where you put Brad Hunt in the conversation. Is he up floating with the Avs? Is he going to be with the Eagles? That would be another one that mm. I'd consider in there. And I'll stop there. I, 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 I like I like your four with, with those couple honorable mentions, Fairbrother. Uh, I, I think Malinsky is the one that I will go ahead and say I will be surprised if he doesn't make his NHL debut this year. Yeah. That probably means that things didn't go well from him or the abs had outstanding injury luck on, on the back end. Uh, but Malinsky, I, I guess I kind of forgot about uh, on and in. Yeah, put him in there. But then otherwise, uh, Foodie, Olausen. And then after that, you know, 
throw names into a hat. All right, now. is Frederick Olofsson up with the Avs? Is he right. down with the Eagles? Is Chris Wagner somebody that they call upon in a pinch because Ooh, he is the Anton Bleed yeah. kind of similar player? Hopefully not. That you know, hopefully only in small amounts. Mm-hmm. That's something break, that we even consider. If, yes, if needed. Um, yeah, no, I, I think that's a good. I think that's a good list here. Um, anything else today, Megan, on the Eagles, Schnee cloth, anything like that? I, I thought that was a great interview. I, I mean, he was he was great. I'm excited to see how they marry the interests of these two teams moving forward. That's obviously been a priority for the organization and will continue to be. And because of some of the changes, I think that's where it might even take on a slightly new look. Like everything I'm predicting here is the organization trying to lean into ways to get players better ready for the Avs, if Mm -hmm. need be. And I'm curious to see if that comes to fruition, if these players do look more pro-ready at every call-up, because I think that's what people have been crying out for when we talk about failures of development with prospects. Mm -hmm. It is because they have not been able to hang at the NHL level with the way that Jared Bednar needs them to play. And I'm excited to see if all of these changes bring about an even closer union between the interests of both these teams. And if it benefits the Eagles and they have Mm -hmm. even more success moving forward. Totally. No, it should be, it should be a fun year up in Loveland. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing, like you said, how, how the new changes, you know, really kind of impact uh, the overall look of the group. Well, let's move on before we move on. I do want to remind you guys, this is a DNVR avalanche podcast. Uh, Today we're brought to you guys by our good friends over at Bacchus and Shanker. They are here to help. They've been winning for Colorado families for over 25 years, and they've won over $1 billion for their clients. Best part is, I, I, I honestly can't believe this every week when, when we talk about back and Shanker. No fee while they work your case. No upfront fee to speak with uh, to speak with Backus and Shanker about your case. You don't pay unless they win money for you. Uh, so again, like I said, if, if you want to see if you have a case while they're working your case, seeing what the details are, you don't pay for any of that until they win for you, and they've been winning for over 25 years. Uh, they now have even more locations in Colorado to help with, uh, you know, help more families be able to get in, see them in person. They now have neighborhood offices in Denver, Aurora, Inglewood, and Fort Collins. They have the strength of over 30 lawyers and more than 100 staff to help win your case. They help with all kinds of injury cases where you weren't at fault: car accidents, motorcycles, rideshare, pedestrians, trucks. Uh, even if you're on a scooter or one of the e-bikes zipping around town. Uh, like Megan was this summer. Uh, if you were injured, you weren't at fault. They can help you find out if they can help. And, and also, if you're injured at work and it wasn't your fault, give back to Shanker a call 222 uh, or right there, uh, website on the screen, coloradolaw.net, uh, to find out if you have a case for free. And just keep in mind, all they do is win back to Shanker. They just win over a billion dollars for all their clients. 222 222 we are also brought to you guys by our good friends over at Shady Rays. Uh, again, we were talking about being outside, sipping on your, your Breckenridge brew. Make sure your eyes are protected uh, with Shady Rays. This actually is something that I usually leave out of this read, and I don't know why. Eye health is so unbelievably important, and having a pair of sunglasses that block UV rays, it's, it's not something that people talk about anywhere near enough. You put sunscreen on everywhere when you go outside, but you can't do anything for your eyes. It's so important. Make sure you are picking up a pair of Shady Rays, and you can do it right now using the code DNVR. You're going to get 50% off two pairs of polarized shades, so you can try for yourself the shades that have been rated five stars by over a quarter of a million people. If you are here locally, you can stop into their brick-and-mortar store in the Park Meadows Mall uh, here in Lone Tree, Colorado. Great store, great staff, super friendly, uh, You know, happy to chat. I talk about it all the time. They're big sports fans, DNVR fans. I've, I've stopped in there and chatted with them a few times. Uh, so again, if you are here locally, or again, we've just been talking all kinds of stuff about, hey, if you're here in Denver, we're always getting asked what recommendations you have. Stop into the Park Meadows Mall, go into Shady Rays, uh, and, and see what it's all about in there. Try them on. And if you don't love your Shady Rays, you can exchange them or return them for free within 30 days. No risk when you shop. Uh, you can try them on, see if you like them, see if you like the color, the lenses, all of that stuff. Uh, take good care of your eyes this summer and protect them with some shady rays. DNBR Avalanche Podcast Wednesday here, Jesse and Megan. Um, we've talked a lot about the Eagles. Great interview with Aaron, uh, newest head coach, Aaron Schneekloth. Uh, 
Megan, let's before we get out of here for the day, let's just take a quick little lap around the league. Not a ton of news. <laughs> Except for while we were on the show. I saw your face while I was doing that read and I figured something happened. Troy Terry. Oh. So they've they've right. come to an agreement. Perfect. But, this is our topic but, anyways. But I haven't seen the number yet. Seven year contract, Woo! avoid arbitration, but I just haven't seen the number come so it's, through it's yet. A, it's a pre arb deal. Honestly, I'm surprised. Just well, and I'm excited to see what the AAV comes in at, but in knowing how far apart they were right. before, I had heard that he had requested a trade previously. Don't know how recently that is. Seven years is a long time to commit totally. to. And so I have to imagine the dollar might, a dollar amount is correct. And the other thing, too, is I wonder if there is a pretty friendly no-movement clause that benefits him um, yeah. like trade lists, you know, uh, teams that he that he would not be interested in. Yeah. Like if he did some things in the contract to protect himself over the course of those seven years, I think it's inevitable. But I wonder too if it's one that particularly favors Terry in this situation. Yeah, I'm I'm refreshing here to see. Oh, maybe. Uh, well, look, we were going to talk about Troy Terry uh, in this segment, anyways, because the arbitration happened and the numbers were pretty far off. 4.5 was the offer from the Ducks. 8 million was the ask uh, for Troy Terry. Uh, arbitration numbers are always far apart. That's, right. It's meant to be that way because both sides know it's usually split. I, I mean, it's actually funny that they even have like the arbitration process because they usually go through all of it and usually literally is split right down the middle. Um, but that ask seemed a little bit further apart than what we normally see to me. Hearing what you're saying about, you know, there was maybe a trade request, things like that. That maybe lines up that Troy Terry sees, Troy Terry, his agent, see himself is worth a lot more than maybe what the Anaheim Ducks do, did. I, I mean, we're going to have to wait to see uh, what this deal comes in at. But like you said, seven years isn't insignificant. No, I'm really excited for him, though. Do, do you... Where, how do you feel about Troy Terry? Is he closer to the $8 million he wants or closer to the 4.5 than Anaheim wanted? It, and I uh, will be sending the transcript of this to the DU alumni yeah. page, just so you know. <laughs> and to Troy Terry personally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I actually feel like it is pretty split down the middle. Um, mm -hmm. And it's hard to say how this is going to age, but I feel like in the immediate, he's closer to the eight side of things in the immediate than he is the 4.5. 7 million AAV. Wow. Well, I'm 100% correct then in everything that I just said. Yeah, That's yeah, a lot yeah, closer yeah, yeah. to it. the eight. <laughs> Nailed it. Well, uh, I honestly, though, I did think the, the eight, I don't know when it came in like eight point something too. Right. Was high. I won't make any illusions about that mm -hmm. but so i mean that that really does seem like they are paying him for wow. what he, they think he's going to be after year five you know so right. I, I, that to me says that's a great contract for him right and, and and again if he continues to progress he's still young what 23 24 oh, i think he's a tiny bit older but let's uh, see you know he, he's still going to continue to get better and you hope that you're going to settle into, especially once the cap goes up three, four years from now, it's 25. like 25. So, okay. I mean, uh, still. That's, a, that's still a young player. I know young, we joke young around. Player. <laughs> young player, really kind of at the beginning of his prime. Your right. prime is considered to be 25 to 30. And then after that, as we discussed sadly yesterday, that's by hockey standards, the back nine. Right. Um, but uh, yeah, it, it, it I lost my train of thought when I got that text message. Uh, you know, you're, you're hoping that when he gets into the middle of his prime there, 20, 27, 28, 29 years old, that you are feeling really good about $7 million for a guy like Troy Terry. He he was a guy, honestly, Megan, that I was, when the Avs were still trying to figure out what they were doing at 2C, he was a guy that I had marked. I was like, I would like to see them per pursue a guy like Troy Terry because he is still young, because you still can dream on a little bit of upside for him and just great skill. And I love a good Highlands Ranch native. <laughs> no, I, I do love the storyline that brings him back to Colorado in some mm. way because I genuinely believe he is a talented player with a skill set that would fit in nicely in Colorado. 
but it will also fit in nicely in Anaheim's young core. Totally. And because he lines of the up really well with exactly like this is we talked about some of the players who've seen success come through Colorado in the Stasnies and even a JT Comfer who has a career year playing alongside some of the talent that's here. And I feel that can be true of Terry moving forward with some of that young core that he's going to get the chance to play alongside, grow alongside in ways he might even be blazing a trail forward because he is a little bit older. But as far as where he's at with his age and his skill, there's still so much upside. Mm -hmm. It's an exciting opportunity for him, and it's a great contract. No, it is. It's it, Well, I mean... It's nice that we have a number, but he really kind of took the wind out of our sails of this topic a bit here. So let's just oh, yeah, how much is Troy Terry worth? Well, we've got an exact value now. So I know exactly how much Troy Terry is worth. Uh, last one that I really got here for you, Megan, is the we haven't talked about the Logan Cooley signing, or at least not a show yeah, that I was on. Yeah. Uh, and I just wanted to circle back to this because we did talk about it when he decided or initially decided to return to um Michigan, I almost said ASU, to Michigan for another year. Uh, and that really felt like a gut punch to the Coyotes after the vote and all that stuff. Uh, I'm excited to see him sign with the Arizona Coyotes. Their defense and their goaltending is still really bad. I think he makes their forward core really exciting. I'm I'm going to put a question mark on their goaltending too because yeah, I think Fomoka yeah. has I'll like, do that with you. I'll do that with you. has potential to cuz they have had some luck too with goaltending totally. and what they're able to get from their goaltenders though the timing of when they're able to get that from their goaltenders has maybe not benefited them. So I'll put a question mark there, but you're right. The forward group has just gotten a lot better. I'll say I'm genuinely surprised by it because of where the organization is at presently. Totally. But I'm excited because I think this benefits the Coyotes. Like, I think it will bring about positive fan engagement and, and excitement interaction and them finalizing things with McBain also does this. This is where Absolutely. this young core starts to reveal itself. And because there's still, you know, Michelli there, too, to get excited yeah. about. Um, so there's a, in the young players, too, like there's players already heading things up at the top in their top six to get excited about. But. I think it's interesting. Like it's a little sooner than I expected, but I, I hope this benefits the Coyotes and maybe solidifying that there's still hope for the future, and it's in their youth. Clayton Keller, Nick Schmaltz, Jason Zucker, Logan Cooley, uh, you know Lawson Kraus, Matthias Michelli, Alex Kerfoot. Kerfoot, I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. Uh, like you said, McBain, Bukestad. Depending on how you feel about Nick Bukestad as a player, that's. That's a competitive forward core. I'm not Absolutely. gonna, you know, I'm not gonna make any like crazy jumps here. That's a competitive forward core that, given the way that team played last year, uh, I think there's plenty of reason to be excited. And Logan Cooley could end up being like a, a special player. Absolutely, that's the hope, right? And I, I'm curious to see how they match up with the Avs next season because they've already been kind of annoying when these teams yeah. face each other, and that makes them just a little more annoying, but hopefully Honest, in the best way. Right. Honestly, I, I want them to be good because I think there is amazing potential for yeah. a rivalry with the Avs and the Yotes. Because like you said, the Coyotes have been terrible the last five years when the Avs have really been on their upswing. Yet every time those teams get together, they're exciting games. They're nasty. There's an edge to them. Someone usually ends up bleeding. Uh, <laughs> Nathan McKinnon's gotten in like three fights with the Arizona Coyotes. Uh, Sam Gerrard has gotten in a fight against the Coyotes. Uh, you know, Gabe Landeskog and Eric Johnson have beat the shit out of people on the Coyotes. Uh, so, like, I would love for the Coyotes to get into a competitive window because proximity, those are the two closest Absolutely. teams. And now they're in the same division. I really want to see Arizona get to a competitive state so that we can... Because the Avs haven't had a true rival. Minnesota for a couple years there. You hoped it could have been Vegas, but the playoff matchups have just never really met, matched up. If Arizona can get there, I think there is real potential for some bad blood between those two teams. And I think it'd be fun. And if the wheels get turning in the right direction, and I think they started to turn at the success they had at home in Mullet Arena... Maybe this will in just plant the seed of hope necessary to bring about whatever necessary investors might be needed yeah. to make plans possible for them to get a permanent home in Arizona. Yeah. Kind of have a bit of like a us versus everybody mentality this yeah. year and, and kind of use that to rally a bit. Yep. No, I love that. 
Megan, anything else? Any any final thoughts for today? Actually, while you think of if you have final thoughts, I'm going to tell people why it's the best time to become a DNVR diehard. Because <laughs> <laughs> no final thoughts. All diehard. Go go into it. Uh, I also want full credit for not forgetting this week and having to be reminded uh, at the last second as we're signing off. But it is the best time to become a DNVR diehard. We have so much exciting stuff planned for you guys uh, this year. We actually just in our meeting yesterday, we're talking about we need to, you know, we're, we're at the point in the offseason where it is time to start ramping up and prioritizing some of our diehard content again on the site. In addition to the takeovers, party buses, uh, you, you know, different things like that that we've got going. You get a free shirt every year. Uh, it really has. Uh, we just announced a new hire for today. Uh, a, a former Bronco, Todd Davis, uh, is joining the DNVR Broncos full time. So it's really never been a better time uh, to become a diehard. Go to the DNVR.com, get signed up. Like I said, you're going to get a free shirt and you're going to get access to all kinds of exclusive diehards only content. Plus, you're going to get discounts on events, things like that. You're going to get, you know, the heads up first in order to buy into different things that we're doing. Um, it just, there's, we changed the model last year. And really now it's just all about perks. If you're a DNVR diehard, you get bonus content, you get discounts, you get free stuff. Uh, you know, it's no longer just a paywall to read. We really want you to feel like you are part of the DNVR family. So go on over to the DNVR.com uh, and, and get signed up to become a diehard today. Any final thoughts? Eagles, news around the league, anything like that? No, no. I think I think I nailed it. I think I, think I was you did pretty too. chatty today. I, I think you did too. I think that was that, that was that was some of the most that you chatted, and I and I loved every <laughs> second of it. Um, we're Megan Angley. I'm Jesse Montagna. This is the DNVR Avalanche Podcast. Uh, you'll be back at it tomorrow with AJ and Rudo, I believe. Yes. Awesome. And then we've got our classic AJ Rudo show on Friday that everybody always loves from Free Skate Friday. Make sure you guys are tuning in. Thanks so much for listening. We'll talk to you guys later.